0: everyone, and welcome to A Little Spooky. Yeah. This is the show where we talk about things that spook us just a little bit, like cryptids, conspiracy theories, urban legends, monsters, or realizing you've run out of toilet paper after you've eaten your five-layer burrito from Taco Bell. My name is Colleen.
1: My name is Everett.
0: <laughs> how are you? I'm, I'm good, how are you? What have you been up to?
1: Um, Not much, I've been doing a little research on the topic for this episode We're going to be talking about the Cecil Hotel mm. This uh, topic was actually requested by one of our Discord moderators Listener
0: request, listener request uh,
1: Chris, not the same Chris from several of our other Nerd Sloth podcasts But part of our community, we appreciate all that you do Uh, but per your request, I looked into the Cecil Hotel. Uh, there's a documentary on Netflix, like a four-parter that I watched in preparation. Some of you might be familiar with some of the stories from the Cecil Hotel already, and we'll talk about the most famous one at the end. But I'm sure most of you know it's Elisa Lam. And the reason I bring it up first is because that documentary that I watched was almost entirely about that case which was a little sad. I was expecting more of the older stuff, too.
0: Okay, but But. can you rewind? Why is this hotel creepy?
1: Yes, we're going to get into it. I was just prefacing by saying, you know, I watched the documentary, and it was almost entirely about this one case. But the Cecil Hotel has a huge history of violence, basically, whether it be murder, suicide, sexual assaults, drug use, prostitution, across the board, a bunch of stuff happening. So because of that, I did just want to preface before I get into detail that this episode is going to be a little more grisly compared to our prior episodes. It's a little more true crime. Um, I'm not going to get too into detail about some of the nastier stuff, but just fair warning, there's some like gross stuff that happens all right so that being said <laughs> Woo! to get started this hotel opened in 1924 so it's almost 100 years old actually now
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, construction was funded by some wealthy investors and their vision was a luxury hotel this is during the roaring 20s downtown LA was actually pretty bumping There was a lot of, like, actual wealthy people and partiers, and they wanted basically to attract wealthy businessmen as well as tourists that were coming into downtown L.A. Sure. So they built it actually very close to one of the main uh, train stations. So people that are coming into L.A. would see this big, beautiful hotel. Sure. The first big building they see would be this hotel. Yeah. Has about 700 rooms. That's Um, a big hotel. Yeah. It's a big hotel. But 1924. 1924. You know what happens five years later. The crash. Yes. Black Friday. Worldwide, not just America, but worldwide, the economy, the global economy just crashes. People wouldn't be able to afford the rates that they were charging at this hotel.
0: And do you, just out of curiosity, know what they were charging? Was it a dime? One it, dime I mean, for one night?
1: It, the thing is, it was only about five years where they were kind of charging for the the elites that were coming into sure. this hotel. So that's not very well documented. Um, we're going to get into actual pricing later. Sure, okay. Um, but basically, it turns into an extremely cheap hotel in order to try and fill their 700 rooms.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because of that, and we'll get into a lot more detail about this in a little bit too, but they're kind of enticing People to actually live there rather than just visit because they're charging such a low rate. So they're actually bringing in residents at this hotel.
0: During the 20s?
1: No, just throughout its history. Throughout oh. the entire history of the hotel after they changed their strategy and they were just kind of marketing to filling up as many rooms as possible. Okay. They're like, well, if we can get people in that will stay, we can charge cheap but
0: have a continue to have an income. income. Sure.
1: So... Because of that, people treat this as their home rather than a hotel. And some changes happened to LA that changed the scene around the hotel too. So this hotel over the decades becomes a, basically a cursed spot. And people refer to this hotel as the suicide because so many suicides have happened either at the hotel or are indirectly related to the hotel. Yuck. So... That's just a summary. Let's get into some actual happenings at this hotel. Give me the deets. While I did say that the hotel was changed after the Great Depression was brought in, Uh the first death actually happened very shortly before, in 1927. On January 22nd of 27, Percy Ormond Cook was the first to commit suicide in the hotel by gun. He had a domestic dispute with his wife and child. This could have been a one-off event, but circumstances surrounding the hotel it soon turns into a pattern
0: this was when it was still like one of the nicer hotels yes. why pick the fancy hotel he was,
1: i believe he was with his family at this hotel oh, okay and they this had was just dispute. like
0: a spur of the moment
1: decision yes the, he did not plan this it was just something happened and in his room he chose to end his life and that's just the first of many Ooh. So, 1930s come. Great Depression hits. Many, many visitors are looking for fast and cheap housing. Prohibition was also still around until 1933. So naturally, the cheap rooms attracted a lot of alcohol-related crime.
0: Yeah.
1: Whether it be trade or consumption of alcohol or just being drunk.
0: Right. When you're not supposed to be. Yes.
1: So several deaths and suicides suicides occurred throughout the 1930s. Some notable ones, W.K. Morton checked into the hotel in November of 1931 using a fake name, James Willis. He was found dead in his room on November 19th of that year after committing suicide by ingesting poison capsules. The reason that I'm bringing in the methods of suicide with every one of these is because most of these are not the same, which I thought was interesting. It's like everyone chooses to do it a different way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, it's just like adds to the mystery of the hotel.
0: And there's no like pattern on like what floor all this is happening on, or like what nope. room or side of the building.
1: Nope, it's just throughout the hotel that this Damn, nonsense this happens. Was this built on
0: like on. an Indian burial ground or something?
1: We can get to some theories later. Right now, I'm just talking facts.
0: All right, all right, carry on. So, in July
1: of 1934, which is three years later. Former Army Medical Corps Sergeant Louis Borden was found in his room with his throat slashed. The media speculated that it had to have been a murder, but not long after his death, it was revealed that he did leave a suicide note before doing this to himself. Yes. Which, maybe it was because he was a military man and, you know, he wanted to do something a little more symbolic for some reason, but I thought that was crazy that he chose that method. Next. This one's weird. In 1937, Grace Margot checked in, and many witnessed her fall from a ninth-floor window. Her fall was broken by a telephone wire, which she bounced on and then wrapped herself around from the impact.
0: What? What do you mean, like like the wire broke and then she got twisted up in it as no, she was falling?
1: Her her... This is going to be a little gruesome but her body basically broke apart and wrapped around the wire from the force of the impact onto the wire
0: it took it took
1: rescue services hours to free her body from the wire but she had died instantly Um, there was an investigation about this because no one was sure if she chose to do this herself or if it was a murder or an accident one thing that they were sure of After doing an investigation is that based on the trajectory of the fall, it was not a simple fall, like an accident fall. Like she just slipped out the window if she was sitting in the sill or something. she was
0: either pushed outwards or jumped outwards. She
1: either had to be taking a running leap or be violently pushed out of the window to get as far as she did. Sure. To this day... This remains unsolved. No one knows whether it was intentional or a murder. Well, intentional by her hand, I mean, or a murder. There was no notes left. There was no evidence of Ugh. a perpetrator.
0: What is going on through the cleaning staff's mind? Is this Is this all happening? This is at the early beginning stages of the hotel.
1: Yeah, this, is, this last one was 1937, which was only 13 years into the hotel's existence. Oh, my God.
0: We just had a hotel, like, pop up. Around these parts like three years ago. How many people do you think have died in there already?
1: I when I was researching this Cecil Hotel, I thought I had that thought, too, because, of course, you know, people are staying and sleeping in these rooms. So
0: people naturally have to die. Sure. Just like, you know, natural causes. I'm sure that happens.
1: Right. Or even maybe on, you know, rare circumstances, a murder or a suicide, but nothing so is in comparison to the numbers of these that have happened so at this hotel.
0: Did you find any statistics about like the average hotel?
1: Not on the average hotel, but this hotel, thirteen confirmed suicides. But all, as you'll see in a little bit, a lot of these are could go either way—murder or suicide. More. So or there's accident. only thirteen,
0: thirteen confirmed suicides, but there are plenty more deaths that yes. are unexplained. Oh my god! Yes, I shouldn't be laughing, but. Okay, I'm trying to make up an excuse for them. Like, is this, is there the number so high because this has been around for 100 years now? Or, because it seems like, thir- or how many deaths have we talked about just in the first 13 years? Uh, yeah, we've seems talked about like-
1: four so far. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, now, I can say nowadays, if someone is in the area of, like, the western United States and were possibly planning on taking their own life, they may choose to go to this hotel for the symbolism involved now because it yeah. is it yeah. is a spot.
0: I suppose, like, the odds would go up. God, then who would ever want to stay there?
1: We'll, we'll get into all that. I'm still okay, going through sorry. the history. Yep,
0: I'm just all right. thinking out loud.
1: So the 1940s come. The rest of the country is moving out of the Great Depression, but downtown L.A. was still having issues keeping up with the rest of the country. Uh, This is due to corruption within the government and law enforcement, uh, heavy crime, and heavy use of alcohol in downtown L.A. as well. Sure. In the early 1940s, L.A. began actually moving all of the local homeless population to a roughly 50-block radius in downtown L.A., (laughs) Uh, This area was already a hotbed for crime and homelessness, but they decided to just make this the home of it. Why not
0: just rip off the band-aid? Right. (laughs) Jesus. So
1: the Cecil Hotel is located within this 50-block area, and this is now commonly referred to as Skid Row.
0: Okay. 50 Um, blocks? That's quite quite an area.
1: True, but I mean, also we're not city kids, and LA is massive. Right. And as you alluded to, instead of tackling the issue of homelessness head on, they just kind of chose to contain the homeless within the small area of the city and tried to clean up, quote unquote, clean up the remaining areas of L.A. Yeah, OK. Naturally, because of this, an area of poverty with limited or no assistance, they developed a massively bad reputation. I mean, for lack sure. of a better term. I'm sure
0: nobody wanted to, like, go in there and police it, because they were like, well, at least all the crimes happening in this contained spot.
1: For sure, for sure. So, in the following decades, up until today, and it's even worse today, Skid Row has become the hotspot for drug use, prostitution, rape, suicide, and murder, and all of this kind of just centralizes in the Cecil Hotel, because it has cheap housing, it's a place to put a roof over your head, and it's over the decades gets this notoriety. So just to kind of keep going through the 40s, in 1944, this is actually the first confirmed murder that happens in the hotel. Okay. This one's sad. I'm just going to preface that. 19-year-old Dorothy Jean Purcell was staying at the hotel, and then she was having stomach pains, and then she actually went into the bathroom and gave birth to a baby boy. (sighs) Uh, she claims, this is her claim, that the baby was stillborn and she didn't want her boyfriend to find out she had a baby, so she threw the baby out her window.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't like that.
1: The local coroner conducted an autopsy and determined that the baby was actually alive before being thrown out the window.
0: Oh, I don't like that even more.
1: Dorothy was charged with murder, and she initially did receive a guilty sentence. However, a few months later, her verdict was changed to be found not guilty by reasons of insanity.
0: I have such trouble, like, when you hear about these cases determining guilt, just, it sounds like she threw her kid out the window, therefore she is guilty, but at the same time, I think that pregnancy does strange things, and especially if you are, she probably knew subconsciously she was pregnant, but, like, chose to ignore it.
1: Yeah, or she she may have actually even known consciously and just refused to tell anyone about it sure. too and possibly went to the hotel when she knew she was close to giving birth to kind of get away from everything. Ugh. But re- <laughs> oh, that's regardless awful. that's that's the end of that story. I I didn't want to get too deep into that yeah, because no, there's some more on. yeah, there's some more stuff related to that, but basically that's it with that one. 3 years later in 1947 This is the only unconfirmed one that I'm going to talk about, but it is theorized that Elizabeth short, also more commonly known as the black Dahlia was actually rumored to be having drinks at the Cecil before being murdered. Uh, The infamous murder remains unsolved to this day, obviously as many know. So the claim that she was at the Cecil has not been verified.
0: Yeah. So uh, you're, this is the forties I'm, Wondering, did it have the same reputation that it has now in the 40s? I, I think, or was it just like, this is a bad side of town, you see? I think
1: after the Great Depression, so as we're getting into World War II era and beyond, it does now kind of have the reputation of being a unlucky, maybe cursed spot.
0: But you, you're not like, oh, don't don't stay at that hotel. The, the people well, who well, stay the, there. The, are- the thing
1: is, though, it's on Skid Row. And it's kind of the okay. only option for a lot of people. And because they do have such low rates, it's the it's affordable for a lot of the homeless people. Y- so yeah. if they're, they're able to come buy some cash, they can maybe spend a week at this hotel. So
0: it's generally it sounds like it's generally locals that stay Almost
1: there. exclusively. OK,
0: because I, I mean, I can't imagine somebody coming in from out of town. Now, see, you said it was by that train station. So if I was mm-hmm. coming in from out of town and I saw this big, beautiful hotel and I didn't know anything about. LA I
1: already talked I already brought up Elisa Lamb, and I'll briefly say this she knew nothing about the area of LA so that's why she ended up at the Cecil Hotel Uh
0: uh-huh that that would so happen to me but
1: the thing is if you're if most people I would assume if you're traveling to a city you've never been to you're going to kind of do a little research maybe book your stuff beforehand yes it's going to become very apparent that this hotel isn't a very dangerous area Because Skid Row—and we're going to get—once the 80s come, it gets much more violent just throughout the area, too. But it's not an area you want to be in, especially alone. Mm -hmm. So, over the next 15 years after 1947, there were three more reports of falls from the building and one confirmed suicide. In February of 1962, a 50-year-old woman from St. Louis named Julia Frances Moore checked into the hotel. She stayed to herself for several days before she jumped out of the window of her room on the eighth floor. She landed on a structure on the second floor. She left no note, and many speculate whether or not she actually chose the Cecil specifically due to its history of deaths and suicides, or if it was a coincidence that she chose to end her life at the same site as so many before her.
0: So okay, this so is now when we're getting con- into yeah, the idea this is of, when like the conspiracy suicide starts tourism,
1: right? Yeah, you, you could say that. Well, I couldn't. But think the thing of a is, there's word. no confirmation or verification that, right? She chose the Cecil because of its reputation, or if it was a coincidence. Right. I mean,
0: that's not something I would write in my note. Like, hey, P.S. I chose this hotel for a reason, in case you were wondering. Right.
1: <laughs> so later in that same year, this is still 1962. Pauline Otten checked into the hotel. She had met with her estranged husband, and after having a very heated argument, she decided to end her life. On October 12th of that year, she jumped out of her window on the ninth floor, and she landed on a passing pedestrian named George Giannini, and they both died instantly. So now it's... Innocents getting involved too. I mean uh, yeah, uh, obviously a lot even, of these people are murdered, but like this was someone not even I'm, in the hotel I was
0: say when you say innocent you mean not a paying customer. Yeah,
1: an unrelated <laughs> yeah. Passerby.
0: Yikes, that's devastating. See in that now I'm getting into cursed territory We're getting into cursed territory.
1: Yeah, a lot of people do think that so only three years later or two years later in 1964 65-year-old Pigeon Goldie Osgood was employed at the Cecil as a phone operator, and she had been a resident as well at this hotel for five years. On June 4th of 64, her dead body was found in her room. She had been raped, beaten, and stabbed. Various newspapers actually did report that Pigeon had friends who had seen her only minutes before her body was discovered by a man who was delivering directories to her room for her job. So... There's like a very short window where her murder could have happened,
0: Mm. and it's
1: still unsolved to this day.
0: Yikes.
1: So that was 64. Yeah.
0: Do you think that a lot of these remain unsolved because they happened in that part of town and people stopped? Yes,
1: absolutely. Things are a little bit different now, and we're going to talk about, once we get into modern times, why that is, but this era police avoided the area, basically.
0: I mean, and I can understand that, but you're basically sentencing anyone who lives in that area to eventual, at least, crime occurring to them.
1: Yes, definitely, absolutely. The thing is, and I didn't write this in because it was kind of hard to find actual information about it, but from my understanding, when they started moving people into Skid Row in the 40s, The black population in L.A. wasn't actually that high. It was mostly white people and Hispanic people, Mm -hmm. and there was a limited amount of black people. But as the decades go on, especially in the 70s and 80s, the black population in L.A. uh, rises uh, drastically, and basically they're all thrown into Skid Row. And today, in modern times, Skid Row is almost exclusively black people and Hispanic people. There's no white people. So it is now absolutely a race issue.
0: Yeah. Previously, it was like a poverty issue. It was a
1: poverty and class issue. Sure. Because it was kind of an alcohol thing, too. So like, if you right. were drinking, it, you were thought to be kind of lower class. Sure. In some people's minds. Right. But now, obviously, with the drug war, it's drugs and race, basically. That Ugh. And I, and most people know LAPD is extremely corrupt. And we're going to actually right now talk about a little bit of that. Okay. So the 70s and 80s, Skid Row becomes more and more poor, violent, and drug ridden. And as I said, LAPD continued to direct homeless to the area and in some cases even guarded the boundaries of Skid Row, not allowing people to leave.
0: So I'm a little confused as to how you would... Herd everyone into that area. They just picked them up in their cars and then dumped them in that if, area? If or someone what?
1: is picked up for whatever petty crime, whether it be, you know, public intoxication or indecent exposure or anything like that, you're picked up. Maybe you spend a night in jail and then they drop you off in Skid Row.
0: And you just don't have the means to get back to where you were.
1: Pretty much. Yeah.
0: Ugh, that's... I mean, there's a lot of spooky that's going on. Yeah, this parts.
1: people there's a reason people say that the LAPD is one of the most corrupt and racist law enforcement institutions in the country. And this is why, for sure. Skid What's happening in Skid and what's happened there for decades is. Disgusting. Awful. Yes. Yeah. So because of that, the area is continuing to be notorious for crime. Uh, starting in the 70s and 80s, there's Almost daily disappearances as well, specifically women. From the Cecil? No. From, from Skid Row. Skid Row. Okay. But it kind of goes hand in hand because it's sure. right
0: in Skid Row.
1: So now we're going to get into some more famous cases that involve the Cecil.
0: Oh, so we just got a taste.
1: Those were the ones that I was hoping this Netflix documentary would talk a little bit more about. They kind of mentioned a couple of those in passing, but I wanted to know a, mo- a little more about them. But now we're getting into the more famous ones and they do talk a little bit more about these ones. So, if anyone is familiar with serial killers, one of the most famous ones, Richard Ramirez. So, in 1984 and 85, Southern California was being ravaged by random home invasions, sexual assaults, and murders. The perpetrator was dubbed the Night Stalker as he would invade homes that left their doors or windows unlocked. The serial killer was later found out to be Richard Ramirez, and for much of these two years, he actually lived on the top floor of the Cecil Hotel, paying $14 a night. Obviously, inflation has happened since 84 and 85, and I didn't do the actual calculations, but I believe $14 a night in today's money is roughly 35 to $40. So that's extremely cheap.
0: Yeah, especially like you get, I assume you're still getting all the amenities of the hotel, like right. room service and stuff
1: there's no room service I shouldn't say in the Cecil, r- I shouldn't say
0: room service but I mean like you, cleaning room yes, cleaning and yes you,
1: someone will come to clean your room when you need need to you have bathroom showers right and a roof over your head basically do
0: you not have to have like a specific license for people to be residing within your walls for a certain amount of time yeah
1: actually the Cecil hotel, After they kind of changed their game plan, after the Great Depression came, they were able to do long-term housing.
0: Oh, okay. Sure.
1: Ramirez actually never killed any of his victims in the hotel because he was kind of more of the type to invade other people's homes and areas of living. Yeah, you're
0: not going to be able to steal things if you're in your own room.
1: True, but I don't (laughs) think that was his main goal. That was just something he did as well. His I, main goal was the the sex crimes and the murder.
0: Yes, but he was also known for, like, stealing things and yeah, pawning them off. Yeah, for,
1: for sure. But because of this, he never did anything in the hotel. The hotel was basically his safe spot. Sure. No police around. He was able to get in, and no one would really question anything because everyone around you and the Cecil and Skid Row keeps to themselves if you're seeming like a dangerous type, you know? So
0: he would just, like— Walk back to the hotel after these gruesome murders, yeah.
1: So, what he would do was he would return to the hotel after committing a murder, throw his bloody clothes in the dumpster out back of the hotel, and he would walk all the way up to his room sometimes on the fire escape, sometimes through the hotel, either naked or just in his underwear. What
0: the hell, and
1: no still one was covered like, in Excuse blood. Excuse me, sir, right? No Your one wiener's did, out. yeah, no one did. And he was still covered in blood, maybe not on his torso and legs, but like his arms and his face would still be covered with blood. And he would go upstairs to his floor. And I'm not quite sure if his floor had a personal bathroom or if it was one of the floors that had a communal bathroom, because some floors actually did have communal bathrooms. Sure. So he would go upstairs to his floor and clean himself off and then just go to bed. Who
0: is working in this hotel? (laughs) I I don't see what you're talking about. The guests Who is cleaning these rooms? Do do the employees just not look at anyone?
1: I don't think there's a whole lot of anything happening at the Cecil at this time. It's basically just someone that checks you in and out, and occasionally a maid will come to clean your room after you leave.
0: Those maids must... I'm
1: sure they've seen a lot.
0: Oh my god.
1: (laughs) So he was obviously caught later on, and he famously said these words during the trial. Big deal. Death always went with the territory, which gives you kind of an idea of what this is like. Basically death, whether it's at the Cecil or just that Skid Row, death is happening on the daily.
0: Well, that's what I was saying before. Like, it feels like if the police are going to drop you off in Skid Row, you're basically sentenced to death. Pretty much. Whether it's from like murder violence or just drug abuse, drug abuse or starvation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not good. And, I mean, obviously, Richard Ramirez is a sick, disgusting person, but it's just it's just weird that his mindset was, hey, they were going to die anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But now
0: with that context, it doesn't seem as crazy as it sounds. What do you mean? I mean, when you hear about Richard Ramirez and in like documentaries and stuff and they're like, here's what he said. Death always comes with the territory. As somebody with no context of L.A., I'm like, what is that? What does that even mean? Yeah, it's not it a good area. Anything.
1: He also famously said, Hail Satan and rock on, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
1: But he did, like, I don't think he was actually, like, any sort of occultist. He just did it because he thought it was badass to put on a pentagram or whatever on the wall of the home he invaded.
0: I don't, th- I don't think that's correct. And I'm not a Richard Ramirez, uh, what, Professor of Ramirez studies, but I think he did have a true belief because he made a lot of people like "quote unquote" you know swear to Satan. Yeah,
1: you're right. I do remember that now. But regardless, I was joking. And I do not sympathize. <laughs> I do not sympathize with Richard guy. Ramirez. Yes. So another famous case or famous instance in 1991, Jack Unterweger was a resident of the Cecil. He was in the area because he was an Austrian journalist who was sent to research the nature of crime in LA and compare that to the crime in Austria. He would receive ride alongs from police to prostitution hotspots so he could interview the prostitutes and their Johns. What nobody knew was that Jack Unterweger was actually a convicted killer, and he was released from prison after his murder of a woman in 1974 in Germany. After being convicted, he was released from prison because he had gained popularity in Austria for his writings. And the public sympathized with him, and they actually considered him to be rehabilitated.
0: (laughs) Sure. Okay.
1: Basically, I'm trying to think of someone we can equate that to in America. Maybe like OJ, like at least at the time of the original murder trial in the 90s. Like there were a lot of people that thought he was innocent, and he didn't actually commit those murders. And it became, I mean, it was a little different because it was also a race issue, too. But I, I don't know. He, basically, he was very popular in Austria because he had written well, se- you, several novels.
0: I was going to say, if you can get people on your side, like your name out to people and get them to believe whatever you're saying, of course. Right. And, I and, and, mean, if you got a skill like writing, you can write whatever you want. There are definitely people who will eat it up.
1: Exactly. And the, the subjects of his writings were about how basically... He didn't mean to do what he did. He suffered from like a mental illness and he was actually being rehabilitated in prison and sorrowful for his crimes, basically. But it was this all-
0: wasn't an American prison.
1: No, this was Austria. Okay. But it's all bullshit obviously. Well, because right. during his stay at the Cecil, he was scouting hangouts for prostitutes and he would actually abduct and murder them. In L.A., while he was staying in the Cecil, he murdered three women in total, and he was finally suspected of the crimes because he used a very particular knot to strangle these women, and it was the same type of knot that was used in his prior crime in Austria. What an idiot. So Austrian authorities kind of tipped off American law enforcement, and they were like, you might want to look into this guy. So he fled. He actually escaped L.A. and it was on the run for several months.
0: And I'm surprised had, the cops decided to even, I mean, if these were, quote unquote, just prostitutes. I know. From Skid Row.
1: Yeah. I have no idea. But he eventually was found and arrested in Miami. And he actually hung himself while he was in custody in 1994, the same night that he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Ooh. And he used the same knot that was used on all of his victims. What a douchebag. I know, he's a total asshole. But that story is very interesting because people are too trusting, I think.
0: Yeah, honestly, I would totally fall for it. I'm ter- I'm like the least situationally aware person that I know, and I'm very gullible. I shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> <out of laughs> yeah, podcast. you're
1: you're asking for <laughs> Yeah, let's just move past that. So, we're skipping ahead now. Hotel okay. Hotel went under new ownership in 2007, and they went under a rebrand for half of the hotel. Half of it remained the Cecil Hotel, and the other half renamed Stay on Main. Um, so that was basically trying to get hipstery, trendy, young people into that portion of the hotel, and that was the only one that was fixed up. And then the other half remained the Cecil Hotel because they were actually required to keep it the Cecil Hotel because of the long-term housing
0: Uh, that they
1: were forced to continue to offer.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: So they're fixing stuff up. Mm -hmm. They're trying to make it a little more accessible, maybe a little less dangerous in the eyes of incoming tourists into L.A., And that is exactly what happened in 2013 with Elisa Lamb. There's a lot to go over with Elisa Lamb, And this is going to be basically the rest of this episode because the story is nuts, to say the least. So in 2013, a Canadian student from Vancouver, Elisa was planning a solo trip to tour various cities in California. So after spending some time in San Diego, she traveled to L.A., And after getting in through the train station, she saw the Cecil Hotel, which was actually at that point named Stay on Main, so she chose this hotel and checked in on January 31st of 2013. She spoke with her parents daily, and after failing to speak with them for a whole day after some time of her stay at the Cecil Hotel, her parents contacted the authorities the police searched the entire hotel with sniffing dogs, including all of the rooms, the surrounding areas of the hotel. Man, what do you think
0: they smelled in there? Gross.
1: Oh, in the hotel in general?
0: hate yeah. <laughs> to be that well, dog. The thing, the
1: thing is, this was six years after they renovated a lot, so a lot of it was being cleaned up, especially in the half that was the stay on Main, sure. which was where she was staying.
0: So did she realize that she was at the Cecil at all?
1: No, because it was rebranded Stan Main.
0: But it's still but technically she may have not the same have even building,
1: known, right? Exactly. But she may not have even known that, like the reputation of the Cecil, because she was from Canada. Sure, sure. But I will say though, this hotel was split into two, and actually they did very well at keeping everything separate, except for the elevators. Those are communal between both. The Cecil and the Stay on Main. Mm. But everything else is successfully separated. Okay. But regardless, it's the same exact building from right. the 20s. Right. They searched the hotel, as I said. They also searched the surrounding areas. Um, they searched for places that they knew she was based on the geotags of her laptop. Okay. Because she was also very active on social media, including Tumblr. Uh, So they searched many other areas, no leads. They searched the rooftop, uh, no leads. So because they were having no luck, they released to the public the last known footage of Elisa Lamb, which was surveillance footage of an elevator. It's about two and a half minutes of footage. And I remember when this was released.
0: I also remember watching it on the news when it came out.
1: I think we'll post this on the social media. This the, the link to the video because this is it's odd.
0: It's very strange. It it
1: kind of gives me the creeps a little bit, but knowing more about the case now, it makes a lot more sense. But regardless, if you know nothing about what actually happens to Elisa Lamb beforehand, if you see this at the time at in twenty thirteen, it is very creepy because off putting. Sure. Because what it is is she enters the elevator. She immediately turns like on a swivel to the buttons, bends down, and then presses an entire column of buttons. Not just one button to the floor she was going to, but an entire column of buttons.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What, it, what is she doing, right? Like, why yeah. is she actually planning on stopping on every floor, or is she wasting time, or is she going a little crazy nuts? Right. The doors stay open the entire time she's in the elevator, and no one really knows why. She's moving erratically, she's shifting, she's kind of like cl- almost clawing at the air as yeah, if something like is there that no one else can see. Doing some strange
0: hand motions.
1: Right. And then...
0: It's the sort of like if I was to walk into that elevator, I would assume she's on drugs.
1: Probably. That's what a lot of people theorized at least.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the one other notable thing about this video is that she consistently peeks out of the elevator too almost like someone else is in the hallway people theorized like is she waiting for someone or is someone following her mm-hmm. maybe she made a friend and was waiting on her friend or maybe someone was chasing her sure. no one knows people are also curious why the elevator's not closing right because usually an elevator will stay open if you're within the actual like frame of like the the door because the, yeah. the sensors will know something's there and they won't close. But there's portions of the video where she's in the elevator and not passing beyond the right. the threshold. So it should have closed. So a lot of people think that someone was holding the hold door open button on the outside in the hallway. And that's why she was constantly peeking out.
0: Um, I, the, well, for I, what purpose?
1: Way, right. Yeah, I don't know. That's just what people were thinking. Because, like, maybe someone's messing with
0: her or something. And she didn't accidentally press the hold door button?
1: Well, we'll get into that, too. Because at the time, no one thought that. Well, people theorized that might have been a thing, but no one could confirm or deny that may have been the case. Because usually how elevators work is you have to actually hold the hold open button to actually hold it open. Mm -hmm. But after touching that column of buttons she never touches any buttons again and the door stays open. Yeah. We'll we'll get into I that. D- in a little bit, I though. do
0: remember watching that and being like, why is the do- like, I've never been in an elevator where the door stays open that long. And if it stayed open that long, I would assume it's broken because. Right.
1: And a lot of people thought, you know, if there wasn't something, someone on the outside holding the door open, that the elevator must be malfunctioning in some way. Yeah. Or if you're, One of the really weird conspiracy theorists. Maybe you think the hotel is haunted.
0: I mean, clearly. And obviously
1: a lot of death has happened (laughs) in this hotel, but I don't think there's any evidence of that. We are going to talk about that in a second, too. So people go crazy about this video. It's a viral sensation. It's on the news. It's on YouTube. It's on Twitter, Facebook, Mm -hmm. all the social media. People are like, what is this? Who is this? Where is she? Yeah. So... A lot of people, self-titled internet sleuths, which I do not enjoy for other reasons we'll get into as well, make it their personal mission to figure out what happened to this girl. And that is obviously what the LAPD wanted in some capacity. They wanted assistance from the public. yeah, But they, uh, they cause more problems than help, as we'll see. So time passes. No one's figuring anything out. And then on February 19th, which is over two weeks after her disappearance, Mm -hmm. a hotel maintenance worker went to the rooftop of the hotel after receiving reports of dirty and slow-draining water throughout the hotel. He examines the water tanks on the roof and finds the body of Elisa Lamb in one of the water tanks. She's completely naked with her clothes sunk to the bottom of the tank. And this created an uproar across not only the country but across the world because sure. this became a worldwide viral sensation.
0: And she's presumably been in there for the full two weeks.
1: Maybe, maybe not. There's
0: no info of okay. it. Well,
1: there is. You're right. jumping. I'll let, you're jumping I'll let ahead. You carry, carry So, what followed after the discovery of her body was weeks of investigation. They were trying to figure out if foul play was involved. Or they were trying to rule it out. They're just trying to figure out what happened, because they now have the body of Elisa. The public questioned many aspects of the case because they were suspecting police corruption, but also a cover-up by hotel management.
0: Okay. And I mean, like for what purpose?
1: Because her body was found on the rooftop two weeks after her disappearance. A full at least week after the police had already searched the rooftop of the hotel. Uh, with was- do- with sniffer sniffing dogs who should have picked up the scent of Elisa because they did, and I didn't mention this. They picked up the scent of her in her room sure throughout her hallway and up to a window, which led to the fire escape. Oh. Which should for and that we know a lot more in hindsight but like you would think hey let's check out all of the access points of that fire escape including all of the hallways on the different floors as well as the ground level and obviously the rooftop too
0: yeah i guess my original question was what does the hotel have to gain from covering it up and that, like, was it one of their employees?
1: Right. I mean, a lot of people were just theorizing maybe it was an employee that did it.
0: And if that's stuck the Stuck it case. in the water
1: tank and were trying to cover up the murder. Um, some people think that maybe the police actually didn't find the body there because it wasn't there and the body was placed there later sure. after they like, searched.
0: Yeah, but are what are they trying to do, save their reputation? Like, No, like no, what no, is no, the no not
1: save their reputation, more so... If it was, like, a a higher-up employee, like a manager or an assistant manager, like, just cover it up because they committed the crime. Yeah, yes. So, this is why I hate the internet sleuths. Okay. Some of them found a YouTube video by a black metal artist named Morbid.
0: Oh, man, you don't fuck with Everett's black metal artist. No,
1: you don't. So the reason that people were weirded out by him was because he had released a music video entitled The Cecil Hotel only days after the disappearance of Elisa Lam. In this music video, among many, obviously, you know, imagery of, you know, just black metal stuff. So it's like very doom and gloom. Some people would say satanic, but I disagree with that statement. But it's just, you know, dark imagery. But also in that video, it depicts a woman running away from the camera. Like, so it's a first person view and she's Mm -hmm. running away from the camera. Some of the lyrics possibly allude to someone dying. So people assume that maybe he was involved or maybe he committed the crime. Word spread. And then a bunch of people began harassing him on his social media Began sending him emails, sending his loved ones messages. He got all of his accounts deactivated or suspended. He didn't do anything, but he got suspended because he was a victim of being attacked. He tried to commit suicide. He did. Fortunately, he is still alive today. But, and he was actually featured in this documentary on Netflix. And I felt so bad for him because he said his life is basically ruined now. He can't even find the heart to make music. And he, he's tried several times to write songs and play his guitar, but he said it never felt the same.
0: Oh, that's so sad. Especially since he literally was just randomly found on the internet, completely unrelated. Right. It was, it
1: was the timing of everything and The thing is, people thought that he could have done it because there was also a video of him at the Cecil Hotel, which he released around the same time of releasing the music video. But he actually released the video of him at the Cecil Hotel a year after his stay. He was at the Cecil Hotel almost a full year before Elisa Lambs' disappearance. And during her disappearance in February of 2013, he was actually in Mexico recording an album. He could have had absolutely nothing to do he, with and this they, crime.
0: They, for people latching onto him so much, they would have just, like, figured out when he was actually at the hotel before jumping it was to be- conclusions. It was because
1: of the timing of the upload of the right, video on YouTube. Right. Internet sleuths basically ruined this man's life.
0: Yeah, poor dude. He just so, wants to wear his eyeliner and write music <laughs> in peace. Like the rest of us.
1: So, time passes. The autopsy is done. Weeks after that, toxicology finally comes in, and it's determined that Elisa Lamb's death was not a homicide. It was unknown if it was accidental or an intentional suicide, but they were able to completely, completely rule out foul play. The reasons for this are because, and there's several, she was bipolar. Okay. She had been either skipping or lowering her dosage of her medication at the time of her death, which may have had adverse effects on her mental state.
0: Uh, and she's doing this by herself, not by, like, recommendation of a doctor? Correct.
1: Okay. Yes. Now, obviously, that is circumstantial. That may or may not have any Right. Impact. You have no idea how that would right. actually impact her. But what a lot of people didn't realize during the height of the popularity of this Case was that when the hotel employee found the body of Elisa Lamb in the water tank, many assumed that the hatch or the doorway to the water tank was closed. But he actually found it open, and found the body in the water tank with the open door. The oh, reason so like this she is, could
0: have climbed in. It wasn't like, well,
1: or she just opened it and jumped or fell in. Right. So the the implication is if she had been found. With the hatch closed, there is no physical way she could have closed it on herself. Somebody would
0: have had Someone had
1: to have closed it after she had been put or fell or jumped in. Right. Because it's either 10 or 12 feet deep, so there's nothing to step on. Mm -hmm. So you can't pull it down. Well, I guess, I mean, you could, but like. You'd have
0: difficult, leverage would be difficult. Right. And she was pretty small.
1: Yeah, she was little. You would have to see pictures of it. I mean, I saw a lot of it during this documentary, but, like, the the way that the hatch is set up is, like, you actually would have to close it from the outside. Sure. You wouldn't be able to, like, crack it and slip it and have it close behind you. Like, you have to actually physically shut it.
0: Right. I mean, there's no reason to have a way to shut it from the inside because generally right. people are not supposed to be in there. But you did say they that was a misconception and they actually found it open.
1: Yes. Oh, okay. Because... The reason that people thought it was closed is because during a press conference from the police to the the news outlets or whatever, I think the captain or whoever was speaking like accidentally said something that he didn't mean to say, like that the hatch, they found her with the hatch closed. But I think what he meant was when they got to the water tank, the Hotel employee had then shut it because he didn't want to look at it anymore. Okay, But like and I mean, that might be tampering with evidence or whatever, possibly. But like, sure. I mean, that might be something I would do in that same situation, too.
0: Well, just out of shock. Right. Like, yeah, for sure. Did I actually just see this? But I mean, if we're talking about a hotel cover up and she was found by a hotel employee, he could say whatever he wants. I mean, hypothetically, true. That's, true. that's the argument the, you're but going the thing, for. But the
1: thing is, for her autopsy, too, she died from drowning. That That sure. is for sure. Okay. There is no drugs in her system other than her medication. There was no external injuries of any kind, no internal injuries other than what occur naturally from drowning sure. to the lungs and to the airways. So there was nothing unusual happening with her body other than the fact that she died from drowning. Because of that, and the circumstances, they were able to rule out foul play. Sure. Also, going back to the elevator footage, the reason that the door stayed open, and several people tested this as well, that column of buttons that she had pressed at the very bottom was a hold door open button, and this elevator functions differently from a lot of other elevators, if you push it, it remains open for about two and a half minutes.
0: What? I'd get off that elevator. Have <laughs> you like if you? I had that like awkward where you're you're all in the elevator and then the door <laughs> won't close. No, and no, no. Like... That's
1: if you press hold door open. Right.
0: Uh, yes. You can. I, I mean, know. after
1: you press that, you can press the door close button, and I'm sure it would close. But if you just press it once, it remains open for a little under three minutes, which Yikes. is the length of the video. Um,
0: okay. So that mystery has been solved. Right.
1: So it's not a ghost. It's no one on the outside in the hallway. She had pressed that button to keep the door open, whether she
0: you yeah. know, knew she right. did or not. So so I feel like you've just sucked all the mystery out of this murder or this death. Well,
1: and the, and the thing is, I, I didn't know too much about this other than what I had seen in 2013 myself. I didn't really follow along with it because I was into other stuff at the time and I was in school. So I kind of just lost interest, but watching this documentary now, it was kind of shocking how like simple it seems. Yeah. Now here's where more weirdness comes in though. And I've purposely avoided talking about any of this because it's more, it's, it's none of this is confirmed. This is just weird stuff. They referred in the documentary to this as synchronicities. Personally, I view it as like weird glitches in the Matrix where things don't make sense. Her death and the circumstances surrounding her death are almost the exact plot of a movie called Dark Water. Where a girl in a very similar outfit as Elisa Lam in the elevator footage where it was like a red jacket type thing
0: jacket yeah
1: I, and i've never seen this movie so i don't know the full plot but she was drowned in a water tank and this movie came out 10 years before elisa lamb's death hmm. i mean those are just you know a couple simple things but like it is weird Th- this was happening before the autopsy came out too this is all the internet right speculation. this is the internet speculation sure. A lot of people thought that if she was murdered, maybe the murderer had a fascination with that movie and wanted to kind of recreate it in some capacity.
0: Uh, I mean, like, it possibly anything could be possible, but that doesn't seem like a particularly popular movie. I don't know.
1: I mean, it, it's not one fir- that I had heard of. Right. So that was the be, first I had
0: heard of it. For right. sure. It would be strange to emulate a movie that, like, nobody really knows about. Do you know what I mean? Like, it... It I mean, would, I don't.
1: I, if that were true, which it's not, but like if it were true, I think the idea is that he's doing it because of a personal obsession rather than trying to show people that he loves sure. the movie. No,
0: yeah, that that makes sense. I guess to me, if you're gonna go through the rigmarole of copying a movie, I would want people to at least recognize the work that it No, came it's more from. of a symbolic
1: thing. I think. Sure, but sure. regardless, she most likely, almost certainly was not murdered. Right, so that's not the case. But another weird thing, and this one is way weirder to me. She came from a school in Vancouver, and I don't think she had yet graduated. I think she was taking some time off from school. Mm-hmm. But she attended a school that also had a large presence in tuberculosis study. Interesting. Which is, you know, whatever. Uh, it has to happen somewhere, right? Sure. Like, but she comes to the Cecil. And very shortly after her death, in Skid Row, there is an outbreak of tuberculosis. And the entire hotel staff actually had to be tested to make sure they didn't have TB. Interesting. Now, some people thought maybe she, and this is way crazy conspiracy theory, but some people thought that maybe she was an international secret agent that (laughs) also served as a (laughs) bioweapon. Okay. And when she was found in the water tank... She basically tainted that water supply to the residents of the hotel, which then spread throughout Skid Row. Right. Probably, almost certainly (laughs) bullshit, obviously. But the weird thing is that the test that is needed to test for TB is called Lamb Elisa, spelt exactly the same way as Elisa Lamb, but just backwards. That is actually true and weird.
0: Yeah, I mean, do we know when the test was named?
1: Before Charlie sure. Salam died, for sure.
0: But that is bizarre. I will say the secret agent tuberculosis. Yeah, that's stupid. A little, I just personal experience because I always kind of was like, people don't get tuberculosis anymore. At least not in like developed countries. I know in in third world countries it tends to. To rip through, and
1: Skid Row basically is a third world. Yes,
0: valid point. But I, in high school, my sister and my mom and I were staying at a Ronald McDonald House, and I think it was like two weeks after we got home, we got a call from them that said you have to get tested for tuberculosis because the guy who was in your room before you didn't tell us he had tuberculosis because. You know, he needed a place to stay. So right. we didn't want to admit he had it. And I was like, well, they didn't, like, clean the room. I guess what spreads it. But if it's that Do, contagious, I mean, like, it can just rip through, apparently. Yeah,
1: and the people, in, I mean, it, it was actually a miniature version of coronavirus. Like, sure, like with how much of a emergency epidemic. it was in Skid Row. Yeah. They had to, like, get every homeless person tested and quarantine everyone who tested positive. Yeah. Thankfully, I'm pretty sure that has since passed, uh, because you know it's been quite some time. And I don't think
0: tuberculosis is that difficult to treat. I I you know I don't what? Know. T- I take I, that back. I have no I, and idea. And the thing
1: and the thing is, none of these people have health care too. And it's right. Not of like course, the city is well. And if you get sick them.
0: in America, you're going to pretend you're not sick until you're better again, or you die because you can't afford it. Right. That's yeah. what I do. So.
1: I mean those were just some weird what they called synchronicities. I just called, you know, coincidences. Yeah. But that Elisa Lam that's Lam very, Elisa odd. Thing is very a weird coincidence. So
0: like the thought is that could have been just like a code name because that's the right. That's test.
1: because because the test is her name backwards, maybe thought a lot of people thought she was the bioweapon sent from the university that does a lot of studies on tuberculosis. I think
0: those those sweet Canadians are gonna send a bio terrorist <laughs> yeah, to I California. I know. Come on.
1: So, just moving on from Elisa Lamb, just to kind of wrap up everything. The Cecil Hotel had an extremely dark reputation decades before the death of Elisa Lamb, but the search for her and the vi- investigation of her death caused the hotel to gain much, much more popularity.
0: Sure. So, just the- from those creeps who like to stay in haunted hotels and stuff.
1: Right. So in the years following 2013, many stayed at the hotel due to morbid curiosity or in some cases trying to search for clues that maybe others missed. Sure. Right. Well, two years after the death of Elisa Lam, the fifth season of American Horror Story aired on television. And that series or that season was called Hotel, which me and you actually did watch.
0: Yes, I remember that one.
1: Many of the events and characters from that season of the show were based heavily on the Cecil Hotel and its history. Yeah. Not so much Elisa Lam, but a lot Richard of the stuff. Richard Ramirez
0: was in it. Yep.
1: Well, I mean, alluded to the same character, of Richard Ramirez. It wasn't actually him. But they were basically taking the stories from the people that jumped from the roof of the Cecil, uh, the heroin addiction that plagued
0: the Cecil throughout the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I mean, the whole history just reads like cursed hotel i mean there's i can't imagine after i'd give it a few suicides in the mid 30s i'd be like okay that's unfortunate but like okay maybe back then i would have stayed no way after 1940 could you pay me to stay in that hotel it doesn't sound safe at all i mean like even just walking through the hallways or sharing an elevator with someone
1: yeah yeah I mean, especially back then, in decades prior, I think after 2007, after it was rebranded, it was fixed up quite a bit. But, but especially
0: with the knowledge that the police like, likely aren't going to be that in that big of a hurry to help you out.
1: Yeah. And I actually kind of didn't mention this because I didn't think it was very relevant. But around that same time in 2007, Skid Row was actually trying to be gentrified. And <laughs> right. Right. So like it Why was not. Well, I mean, right. So, during that time, you know, they tried to rebrand the hotel, but also more and more shelters are being put up to help, actually help the homeless people in the area. But because of that, and because some of the the homeless population is kind of being assisted or, you know, in some people's opinions dealt with, people were able to actually feel more safe on Skid Row. So, businesses are popping up and stuff.
0: So... Maybe know. it'll experience another boom in
1: well, that's, respectable
0: popularity. That's
1: because in 2017, only four years ago, the L.A. City Council votes to name the Cecil Hotel a historic cultural monument, which <laughs> ensures that the building is there to stay. It will uh, never
0: leave. I, I bet you anything the building made them do it.
1: <laughs> so you currently, destroy me. currently, the hotel is shut down for major renovations. The plan, apparently, for the hotel is that a portion of the building will be converted to affordable housing because they're still obligated to offer long-term housing. So they're trying to make that affordable housing, and the rest of the hotel is going or the building is going to remain a hotel, just a standard hotel. Upgrades are being added, including renovations to rooms in the lobby. They're going to add a gym, and kind of sadistically, they're putting a rooftop pool
0: In the hotel. Well, you know, since there's a gym, it must be a little bit safer.
1: Well, but I thought the cherry on top was a rooftop pool after Elisa Lamb was found drowned only four years prior. But this is actually all scheduled to finish sometime this year in 2021. I don't know if COVID affected that or not. But upon completion of all the renovations and additions, the Cecil Hotel will reopen to the public.
0: Yeah, I don't care. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I, I. There, this may not have been spooky in the way that we usually discuss spooky, in terms of like paranormal or. I mean, if real you, or not if you, real, but like, but the what? thing is, if
1: you're to believe this hotel is cursed, which you know, there's a lot of potential it evidence that like points it. to that. That is, you know, pretty supernatural and spooky, and yeah, if we were staying. Even even if it, it wasn't on Skid Row, but it had the reputation of the suicide, rape, and murder that happens there, I would definitely not choose this hotel, obviously. Even if it wasn't an extremely safe location, the fact that so many people have lost their life there, I would not want to stay there.
0: No. Just c- 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 the air would be heavy. <laughs> it would be too much.
1: The crazy thing, too, and I did quite a bit of research on this. I don't think there's really any stories of ghosts or anything at this hotel. Or no, not, not that... N- none, none that are popular, at least. None that I could find.
0: Unless these suicides were all started by the first suicide, and that ghost inhabited the bodies of people at the hotel and made them commit suicide.
1: Eh? I feel like that actually happened in the... American Horror Story season. Of that Hotel. could be I what, where you're I got getting it. it. Subconsciously <laughs> from pra- that. Yeah, that's probably. I'm pretty it. sure ghost possession to death happens in that series.
0: Okay, but like maybe, yeah, it could have still happened.
1: It's like an actual curse that just moves from person to person.
0: Yeah, that'd be maybe. badass and terrifying.
1: Well, that that's it. I mean, like like Colin already said, this was very different from other topics. If you liked it, definitely let us know if you kind of like this more true crime style type episode or if you would prefer us to go back to more of the cryptid or conspiracy type story.
0: I will say next week we have another listener request and it is a cryptid and I'm real excited about it. Yeah.
1: And I believe Colleen has something to share with the class. This is
0: some fascinating shit. This comes from CNN, so it's not...
1: It's Total not, garbage it's not from like the Daily Mail or whatever. Right.
0: US investigating possible mysterious directed energy attack near White House. <laughs> okay. So I read through this article. There have been at least two incidents on US soil that have led to debilitating symptoms for.
1: Federal officials. Federal
0: officials. And actually, there's only been two documented in the U.S., but they've experienced them. United States personnel in other countries have experienced them. Yes. Like embassies
1: or. I remember this exact same type of thing happening at the American embassy in Cuba very shortly Mm -hmm. after the uh, embargo was lifted.
0: Right. So I was reading to this article, and I was like, okay, what is an energy-directed... Right. Att- like, what does that mean? And what they they describe it as... People have complained of various things. Ear-popping, vertigo, pounding headaches, nausea, and an unidentified piercing directional noise. hmm If I went to a doctor and was like, hey, my ears keep popping, and I'm kind of dizzy, and there's this weird noise, he wouldn't be like... I bet you anything. There's been a mysterious energy attack against you. Like th- those <laughs> yeah. are the most vague symptoms I've well, ever okay. heard. Be-
1: before you get more into it, though, I don't know too much about these w- apparent White House attacks. But I will say, with that incident in Cuba, which I believe is the same type of apparent and attack,
0: they mention that in here. They they connect yeah, them. Yep. That
1: a lot of, or I remember from that news story. The reason that they believed it was an attack is because the American embassy was the only ones that experienced this piercing sound that droned and droned. And the rest of the embassies in the area experienced nothing. So a lot of people thought it was an attack on the American embassy from another country, maybe Cuba, maybe another.
0: Right. So those quote-unquote, attacks happened in 2016 and 2017 when American intelligence personnel in Cuba started reporting those symptoms. And obviously, like, the CIA and American system has taken this incredibly seriously, and they're actually, like, fairly reluctant to talk about it. The problem is now they're happening on American soil. And the, the fact that one has happened so close to the White House obviously has everyone... Wigging out, and
1: and this happened to White House staff, or was it like
0: it just says government personnel?
1: Okay, so I suppose DC is filled with government buildings, but
0: right. So this has been called Havana Syndrome. I <laughs> like how are you supposed to track
1: it, this? It, exactly, and that and that's why it's scary because like yes, it is. It's not like a traditional weapon. It's not like a chemical weapon which can be traced. It's not like a nuclear weapon which you know, can be traced on radar as well. This is something that's probably very hard to find the source of. Like, I always think of, and if you've ever been to, I know a lot of malls used to have these, but there were these like little domes that would play sound directly underneath them. And as soon as you move an inch outside of the underneath area of the dome, there's no sound. Yes. But once you step into the direct shadow, I guess, you could say, of the dome thing, you would hear music or something. Mm -hmm. So it's like almost using that same kind of technology to direct piercing sounds that are probably messing with our inner ear in some way to make us feel nausea and vertigo. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, okay. So this article kind of outlines why it's so difficult to pinpoint these because as i said those are very vague symptoms right um apparently marines on a base in syria developed flu-like symptoms after a russian helicopter flew over the base but
1: they could they traced
0: it um they traced it actually it was just bad food (laughs) <laughs> well, I was going to But say the though, thing is, it's hard to tell what is an attack and what is not. If you're being, like, overly vigilant, like, oh, that was a Russian helicopter, and now I feel sick. That sounds like me. Like, oh, I just ate sushi, and now I have well, diarrhea.
1: And, and the weird thing about that, too, is it seems to be completely unrelated to, like, sound-based weaponry. Because yeah. they could have easily just dropped, like, a gas on them, too, if that were actually an attack.
0: Right. But- well, the National Academy of Sciences found that the most likely cause of this set of symptoms is directed pulsed radio frequency energy. Mhm. God, that's nuts. Like some people have been seriously injured from the attacks with one career CIA officer forced to retire last year and diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, this this stuff that's going on with all of these intelligence agencies whether they be americas or other countries like they're getting involved in like stuff that is almost as scary as nuclear war like because it's just it seems so well this is
0: like invisible there's no way to know that it's come like to protect yourself or that it's coming at you and
1: it's like almost torturous it's not like a nuclear weapon where you're most likely going to die immediately or die a quick death that's related to radiation it's like
0: Yeah, he just got a TBI, a traumatic brain injury, and And had to, like, his life is over.
1: Yeah, it's, that's crazy. I I, I guess I'm just assuming it's, like, you know, military or intelligence agencies doing this, and hopefully not aliens. It's aliens.
0: It's totally aliens. Ooh, it could be the Russian government working with aliens.
1: Why would they choose Putin over Sleepy (laughs) Joe?
0: Jesus. Um, Because it seems like Putin has, like... Lowered standards of ethical morality.
1: Yeah, I suppose.
0: <laughs> At least we in America feel that way. I guess I don't know for sure. It depends on who you ask. Right.
1: You know? Well, yeah, I think that's all we got. For that's, today. All, that's
0: all we got. Um, Next week, I'm going to be back with, well, we'll both be back, but I'll be telling a story about some cryptid.
1: Yeah, and if you have your own episode topic request or if you would like to share a personal spooky story with us, Send us a message or an email uh, But our social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are all at Nerd Sloth HQ.
0: And our email is podcast at NerdSloth.com. Make sure you put a little spooky in the subject line so we know it's for us.
1: Yeah, and we will catch you next week. We love you.
0: We love you. Bye. Bye.